0: So it is looking like Red Bull uh, didn't really mess anything up with their car. Based on what we know, insert every testing caveat possible here.
1: Wow. Uh, Adrian Newey still knows how to exist and be Adrian Newey. And wow, uh, again, totally could have like seen this coming. And we did. We did kind of really believe <laughs> that. Red Bull's, well, Red Bull's likely going to be pretty dominant. I mean, there was, we had no no reason to believe otherwise. It would have been cool to see someone, like, come out and not, but I'm not necessarily surprised that no one did thus far. I mean, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that if we want to cling on to something, there's 7 million testing caveats. I don't think until Bahrain next week, I don't think we can fully say it is so. After that, I will be fully fine to say it is so. But the one thing that we talked about in our testing preview episode is if they do a big swing, there could be some uncertainty because there could be reliability issues. And I have to say, their car was definitely a bigger swing than I actually anticipated. Are there side pods? Yes. But it's a huge change for them.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely seeing all of the pictures, like, zoomed in in comparisons. It's like, huh! Well, that's definitely different. different. And what yeah. is this gonna do to make this go scarier and faster? Like...
0: Checo had some reliability issues on day 2. Like we might have one we might have like the 2022 season where at least early on the Red Bull's not super reliable. They're figuring out their new package. We get some other race winners because of it. There in my opinion there are still many ways this season could go. We I don't think it's going to be a copy paste.
1: No. I I think there's definitely I mean and also with all of the other upgrades that are on every other car that's not a Red Bull. <laughs> Um, So move over, you know, Red Bull Junior, Visa, whatever, whatever. We're not even talking about you. Everybody else um, (laughs) kind of looking a little bit more RB19-ish, which could make things obviously just like more interesting when you're not looking at, you know, the Max Verstappen narrative of it all and like looking at that as a a, a real competition. So it could be very interesting to get, you know, some spice early on. Um, People seem to have it a little bit more figured out. It seems like it's possible, so. There's less uncertainty from
0: every team on the grid going into this season, I think.
2: Recording from New York and Los Angeles, your hosts, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein, are lined up on the grid for this week's Gridwalk. Engines are fired up, ready to broadcast to you every Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and more. Subscribe, like the video, turn on auto-downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires. Today, Gridwalk will take pit stops at...
0: Alright, so we have talked about Red Bull, we've addressed it, now I think we can do the formation lap of the actual episode we're going to get in today, because while we will probably mention Red Bull a bunch, there's really not much more to say about them, but check, done! What else are we going to talk about on the episode today? We're going to play a fun new game called Who Said This Quote, where we're going to talk about all the big headlines of preseason testing by, uh, I'm going to say a quote, and Nicole's going to have to guess who said that quote, and then what is the context of it. Uh, we are going to address, uh, did the RP Jr. team look a little too fast, a little too good? It's raising some suspicion, so we are going to mention and talk about that. We're going to do a tech roundup. While preseason testing doesn't let you know if a tech advancement is good or bad yet or helping a car yet, we can point out all the little bits and bobs that are on the cars that you should watch and pay attention to because they are new this year compared to last year. Next, we're going to look at our pop culture roundup because a lot of F1 pop culture has happened in the last week. And last but not least, we're doing 2024 helmet rankings. We're both going to give you our favorite driver helmets of this season. Obviously, this is coming to you not on a typical gridwalk Thursday. So happy weekend, everyone. we want to give you a testing roundup before we got right into the season, because guess what? Next weekend is the first GP of the season. We have the Bahrain GP. And with that, we are going completely back to our normal schedule. You can expect us every Thursday going forward with a Far Range GP preview next week, which is really exciting. So, we hope you liked having a bonus Gridwalk episode this week. And with that, take it away, voiceover man.
2: It's lights out, and away we go on this week's Gridwalk.
0: You ready to guess this quote?
1: Yes. Will How I many? get them wrong, maybe? Yes. <laughs>
0: How many tries do you want before I just tell
1: you? Two? Three? Three is okay. always, like, I feel like the common number for things. Let's no. start it Maybe I'm just going to be so good at it, I don't even need chances. Famously. I
0: like that energy. <laughs> All right. So the first quote I pulled, who do you think said, I don't think we can hit the ground running, but we can't hit the ground jogging. <laughs>
1: Do, what a, what a quote. Don't think we can, wow, this would apply to so many teams. Can't hit the ground running. No, this is definitely, this feels like Zach Brown. Push the
2: slap.
1: Okay, it's not. Toto Wolf. Push
2: the slap.
1: Oh, I'm going to need more than, okay, so.
0: I'll tell you it's a driver.
1: Oh, uh, I guess that's fair. Was I right in teams? <laughs>
0: No.
1: <laughs> That's cheating?
0: Okay. Oh, no. Make one more guess and I'll tell you who it is.
1: Now I'm just going to, like, jump back far. Uh, Kevin Magnuson.
2: Push the slap. Damn.
0: Yeah. Um. It is Alex Albon. I realized oh. we also didn't set up this segment. Well, the reason that we decided to do this is because you can't take a lot from lap times or performance on track for preseason testing, but you can read into what people say. So that's what we're doing here. We're reading into what people say. So Alex Albon, when asked about the performance of the Williams, uh, going into the season based on what he's seen in testing so far, he said, I don't think we can hit the ground running, but we can hit the ground jogging." <laughs> I just...
1: Which you is know. faster than walking, so I see where he's going with it. Um, what metaphors? Way to go!
0: It doesn't make me feel great about the performance aspirations of the Williams.
1: Oh uh, no, nope. nor do I. It's think very Williams much like we're here. It. That's kind right. of uh, a lot. That's basically what it feels like. We're here. We're gonna show up and be a part of it
0: it feels like they're trying to positively temper expectations. Like, we're not going to come out of the gates fast, but, like, don't freak out about us. We promise that we know what we're doing right now. We have a completely new car that's so different. He also gave a lot of quotes about um, that corners at the Bahrain Circuit, that gave them a lot of trouble last year, aren't giving them trouble this year, so he feels confident about the changes made. They just have no idea what they're doing with setting up because it's a completely new car, so... We can't make the same joke we've been making for years about the Williams and Monza, because I don't think this car has anything... I don't think it has a single piece of DNA from the last year. They even have new steering wheels.
1: Yeah, completely new. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Upgraded steering wheels. It's about time.
0: All right. Um, Let's do this one next. I've been part of some silly seasons before, so I was enjoying more quiet time off.
1: Ooh. Um... Oscar Piastri. Push the slap. Good guess, but no. Fernando Alonso? Push the slap. Oh! Um,
0: I don't think he would be that self-aware, but... (laughs) But I also think it's a a good guess. It is a driver, so... And you know it's not Lewis or Charles.
1: It's not Lewis and it's not Charles, and... Oh, Pierre Gasly. Push the slap. It was Daniel Ricciardo. You know, it was there, and I was. Oh my God! I knew he said this. I yeah. definitely knew this one. I believe you sent me this quote at some point over the course of testing.
0: we <laughs> <laughs> It's, okay. it's a, yeah, lot, it's a had, lot of I pressure got,
1: got. to do this it <laughs> is under- it really really yeah. is where i immediately jumped to like any other storyline he almost felt like too obvious um and i keep but i should have pick- known
0: like I, I everyone should know that i purposely picked like parts of quotes it's not like i pulled full paragraphs here um but i think that this is daniel ricardo um enjoying his moments before preseason testing where all of a sudden everyone was like, so when is he taking Jeco seat this season? So this man is very firmly grounded in the silly season conversation for this year. And if he wants to live in Lulu land, have fun.
1: Yeah. I feel like it was his way of saying, you know, I, I have been a part of, uh, I probably will continue to be a part of, and it's just not right now, you know? So off season, silly season, was not the silly season that he will most likely be a part of, but yeah, that's I don't. We're not done with that narrative yet for sure.
0: And I feel like I need to give
1: you an easy one. Well, if that I I said oh, that one, easy. that one should have yeah. been easy. You gave me yeah. the easy one, and I like fumbled so hard. <laughs>
0: um, none of none of these are really that easy. Um, all right, let's do this one. Only him, Esteban, and me could do it. Thank God they chose George.
1: Ah, panics, panics. Okay, it's a driver. Okay, only him, Esteban, or me could do it. Thank God they chose George. <laughs> ah. So it's, it's probably not Esteban. It's not, uh, you're right, it's not Esteban. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alright, so going through the process of elimination, it's not Esteban, it's not going to be Lewis, it's not going to be George. I'm, so who picking George? I'm going to say Carlos. Push the slap. I, the, the, oh, it is a Lando Norris. Push the slap.
0: Before you make another guess, it's someone who has something in common with Esteban and George. Like, they have something similar, and then this other person has something similar with them. I don't know if that helps but if you find a common denominator it should be
1: so obvious that no I, this is not
0: obvious I, I literally cut out the part <laughs> of this quote that has any context <laughs> okay,
1: okay so who has something in common with george and esteban besides just the obvious of i don't know what okay i'm gonna pick... <laughs> what would you think is the obvious i don't know there is no obvious which is why i can't think of anything that's connecting any of them um <laughs> Okay, I'm going to pick another driver and their name is Logan Sargent.
0: You know, that was a good guess. So it's actually Alex Albon again. No! (laughs) And what they all have in common is that they're the three tallest drivers on the grid. So Alex Albon, on the first day of preseason testing, was interviewed in the booth and he was talking about the viral photo of George in the intro with his arms out and he was basically informing everyone that all the drivers were asked to do that pose, and they only chose it for George. So the full quote I pulled here is, I asked the people who filmed, why did you choose that video of George? And it has to do with everyone's height, that only him, Esteban, and me could do it. Thank God they chose George. So we could have had a whole season of memes of either Alex or Esteban doing that pose, and instead we got George Russell.
1: So the footage exists somewhere. Let's, we got to break that out here. I was go, I was trying to link through teams and like going through their history of carding and like trying to create some type of like connection there, but no, it's that they're tall.
0: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Of course, um, I, I do actually have quotes here that are actually about performance and what we can expect for the season, but I've so far really, uh, went wild here. So let's do one that's a little more on track and about performance. This quote is, that's a long process of dialogue that happens over the winter. I'll give it total to you again. Wolf. It is! <laughs> it is Toto Wolf! Yay!
1: So it could be about anything but
0: <laughs> yeah it was such a good guess so this quote is actually in the context of him being asked about the mercedes front wing that we'll talk a little bit more later in our tech roundup and he basically said like with any weird wacky thing they do with the regulations they've been in discussions with the fia about it all winter and the only reason they even made the parts and put it on the cars because the fia said it's legal the funny thing is it. Typical fashion, the FIA said, well, maybe we'll decide now that it's not legal, which I interpret as if it's too fast, it will not be legal, which to me is like, why does this always happen?
1: But It's uh, working too much, so now we're gonna, never mind. That definitely feels like F1's back, though.
0: Right. Exactly. It was one of those things where, like, of course, Toto said, yeah, we got this approved by the FIA, which is why we put it on the car. And the FIA went, hmm. Yeah, but, but now like, we... do we want people to catch up to Red Bull? I don't know. <laughs> That's all a joke. I feel like I need to put in a disclaimer here that I... like. We, don't we, get we mad. Critique, it's a joke. Right. We critique the FIA here a lot for things they legitimately do wrong. That was just a joke. I don't want those things to be misconstrued together. Um, all right. Here's another one about on-track performance. It feels like every winter test, which means we don't understand a thing, because for now it's too early to say. We don't know the fuel levels.
1: (laughs) That's like when you read them and they're like a little sassy. Okay. Not knowing fuel levels, again, could be anybody or anything. I'm gonna say Charles Leclerc. Two in a row. Nice.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, this was after day
0: up. one. Yeah, I believe this was after day one. And of course someone's like, where do you think Ferrari stacks up? And he goes, we don't know anything. It's testing. <laughs> How would you feel out there? I don't know. It's testing. Like, this just feels like... I car do, drives. Do... <laughs> right. I genuinely feel bad for most of the drivers that have to do press for, like during the week of testing. And then they all get asked the same question is, is your car going to be fast this year? I particularly feel bad for like steak when they go up to like Valtteri and they're like Valtteri is the steak going to be better this year and he goes I don't know we're probably going to be at the back of the grid but it's testing like who, like, how do you and make it's that green <laughs> right and the flow viz was red <laughs> mm-hmm. like I don't know But I particularly, I loved this quote from Charles because I feel like we all need it on like a billboard to like point to where it's like, someone says blah, blah, blah after testing. (laughs) Point to the sign. (laughs) Everyone points to the sign. Look
1: and read it. Look and read what it says. We don't know. We don't 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 know. No, we don't know fuel levels. We don't, we don't know. Don't ask. We don't understand the thing. It's too early to say.
0: We don't know the fuel levels. Print it on
1: a t-shirt so that they can just stand there and be like, here you go. Sign. (laughs)
0: Alright. Alright, here's a fun one. They're actually racing each other. Fing hell.
1: Okay, so it's not George, because George wouldn't curse. Um, He'd be like, blimey! Fudge, yeah. Like he'll use his <laughs> English curse words that are just the funniest things I ever hear. Um, who would actually be racing and be annoyed at other people's racing? I'm gonna say Carlos Signs. Push the slap. No. Okay, so... Carlos
0: is a big cursor on the radio.
1: Yeah, I guess I was more thinking... I guess for that one, I was more thinking of him being like, time and place, and there's two people that are racing, and this is not the time and or place for that to occur. They're Uh,
0: actually racing each other. F***ing hell.
1: Okay, so if we're going that way, who curses on the radio? Yuki Sonoda. That's a really good guess. (laughs) But... Hmm. Okay. One more guess. Who else? Uh, who? I don't Does I don't know if he curses, but I'm not I'm just to say Lando. No, because I feel like Lando would be actually probably one of the ones racing. I'm not going to say Lando, so I'm going to take it back. And I'm Valtteri. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I really like that guess because that feels like a Valtteri quote, but it's actually a Kevin Magnuson quote.
1: Dang. Yeah. We'll get, I... He's like, they're racing because we can't. We don't know how. Our car doesn't know how to do that.
0: He's also just a cursor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, So the context of this is this was over the radio. Um, At the end of day two, they did a restart sim with, like, the full procedure from the FIA because the FIA also need to practice going into the season. And uh, Lewis, whoever was in the McLaren, I'm blanking now, but I think it was Lando um, the Red Bull, like, there were, like, five cars that actually were like, hell yeah, we're doing a race start, and they did, like, all the way down to turn one, and they were legitimately racing, and you could just tell that it was, like, racing drivers who felt like racing, but then you had K-Mag, who <laughs> was like, they're actually racing each other fucking hell. <laughs> like, just like, can we not away. right now? <laughs> right, like, I just don't want to damage the car. Like, host doesn't have enough money to replace my car if something goes wrong.
1: We only have this one. No.
0: <laughs> so, the next quote... It is this is the year where the team really tries to establish themselves and kind of stand on their own two feet.
1: Kind of stand on their own two feet.
0: Now, of course, it's... I'm taking a quote from a driver and everyone uses filler words.
1: Oh, okay, it. well, I was going to say this sounds like a team principle, so oh. I'm glad that you Oops. filled it in that it was a okay. dr- Ha ha! This is,
0: <laughs> say it one more time. This is the year where the team really tries to establish themselves and kind of stand on their own two feet.
1: And kind of stand on their own two feet. Mm, who's establishing themselves? Well, we have I can some give you rebrands a hint
0: here, but I feel like you should do one guess first.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valtteri Botas.
2: Push the
1: slide. Dang. Okay. Now I'm still going to other places of rebranding. Place. No, but I don't. I don't feel like either of those drivers would say those things. Standing on their own two feet, ah, uh, Oscar Piastri. Push the
2: slap.
1: Whatever it takes is not standing <laughs> on your own two feet, kind of.
0: So before I huh. you make your final guess here, I'll say that I pulled this quote because it made me cackle. Not because oh. it's a good co- quote.
1: Oh. Uh, I don't... That doesn't necessarily... I think that almost makes it harder for me because I don't know what way on the grid to go with that information. Standing on their own two feet. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg. Push the slide. Dang.
0: This is Daniel Ricardo talking about the RB Jr. that is moving its headquarters to be closer to Red Bull that rebranded itself to look and feel more like Red Bull that is now taking every piece and part from Red Bull after last year deciding to make their own car. But they're... Their goal for this year is to stand on their own two feet.
1: <laughs> and now I understand you're cackling mm-hmm. because before when my brain was like, okay, rebranding, rebranding. And then I said, no, well, they wouldn't. I was literally thinking of Yuki and Danny Rick. And that's when I should have said Danny Rick. Yeah. Because they're not. It's not. Right. Sister right. teams are very much sisters. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Not standing anywhere on your own two feet at all.
0: It's the least believable quote a man has ever given.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's so unbelievable that I did not even let myself get there. I didn't even believe it.
0: Uh Uh-huh. That's why we're going to do a whole segment on that shortly. But first, the final quote is, I'll speak to him from next year onwards about a potential collaboration.
1: Speak to him... Next year onwards. <gasps> oh, I have two options for which one this could be. But I want to guess a who, and I want to guess the what, and I want to guess that it is someone asking Charles to collab with Lewis in music. <laughs>
0: Will Buxton did what we all wanted someone to do, which was ask Charlotte Leclerc about collaborating with Lewis. Charlotte Leclerc looked very surprised that someone was actually asking him this question, which is like, Leclerc, be, be more online, please. And he said, he actually said before this quote that him and Lewis spent a lot of time last season like talking about their love of music. So this is not something new for them to talk about. And he said, I'll speak to him from next year onwards about a potential collaboration. Now, I will say that he was like, it was kind of like a cheeky smile. haha. But be serious. It's
1: not you a want. no. He didn't say no. He
0: didn't say no. He leaned into it. He leaned into <laughs> the fun, which I always appreciate. And uh, please be serious. Even if you weren't serious. Now I want you to be serious.
1: Now be serious. Now act like it was serious. And you could just act like you were serious about it the whole entire time. Wow. What a good one to end on.
0: Did you notice that the commentary crews are calling the team RB? Which means that I fully feel like we can call it Red Bull Jr. And that's like well within the name realm that people are going with.
1: Yeah. I mean, RB is like... For Red Bull Jr., that's closer to RB... Than if we called it Visa. so And I call Red Bull RB, so I can't do that.
0: Right. Yeah. So I do think it's confusing. But I find it interesting that that's what their commentary, like all the commentary teams went with. It was like,
1: what are we going to call this team? Uh,
0: RB. Great.
1: Cool. Very confusing. I Is that going to be
0: confusing? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. they gave us a confusing name. So.
1: I'm shocked it's I not give like it... a VCARB or Visa. Like, I really thought it was going to be Visa.
0: I give it till the end of qualifying for when at least one commentator accidentally calls the Red Bull RB and then we get confused.
1: And then they'll go to Visa because they'll be like, that's so different. V and RB is very different.
0: So I think one of the big storylines heading into testing that we now have a little bit more of an idea about was just how close was the RB junior going to be to the RB senior? Um, or at least the senior of last year. And was that going to cause the other eight teams on the grid to be, uh, continue to get frustrated with the fact that maybe the same entity shouldn't own two teams and there's a little bit of a competitive advantage there. And I would argue that the competitive advantage is that, you know, the Red Bull team can just tell like two other cars on the grid to move over. And it doesn't matter. And if we want a competitive, everyone wants a more competitive race car series, like maybe having... Nine teams on the grid competing for a championship isn't as good as having 10 teams on the grid competing for a championship. To this day, my solution for the Andretti quote-unquote problem is just make Red Bull sell them their second team because no one should have two teams. Um, So all of that background leads into testing. And uh, guess what? Zach Brown is still really upset that Red Bull owns two teams. And it doesn't help that Daniel Ricciardo put in a very flashy lap that on the first day of testing that shows that this Ed B- red bull junior car is not trash and it definitely doesn't help that there seems to be some bits on the car that only two teams on the grid have like right, that are you know the the two teams that are rb uh but uh, i mean honestly they're not clones of each other but like red bull's not that dumb um nor do we even know there's any foul play going on here at all Uh And uh, the Red Bull team is mad that people are talking about this because, of course, they don't want to sell their second billboard on the grid. And uh, I think everyone's now all caught up. Daniel Ricciardo did too flashy of a lap. The Red Bull Junior car is going to be faster this year than it was last year. We are definitely going to hear a lot about this. What are your thoughts, feelings, and opinions, Nicole?
1: Um, I'm glad that... i mean i think it's at least more interesting that the car will be better than last year because like that last year's car was painful to watch but like the root of all of it is is it's like you know just gets all the secrets from the older sister um it so it gives like for an interesting like on track conversation i also as a danny rick fan like want it's more fun for me to see him in a car that does things but then it's also very frustrating for me because i'm so against like red bull having the second team there um but yay for danny rick boo for quality of sport yeah yeah like (laughs) it's like a huge swing that i acknowledge is incredibly like different and just looking looking at you know putting different hats on of it um But, yeah, when you kind of start seeing any sort of, like, similarities between the two that you're like, huh, no one else is picking up on what they're putting down. And it's, (laughs) like, just makes, it smells like fish. Might be fish. So much of this makes me just feel like.
2: I don't have any feelings anymore.
0: And then. I'll get these, like, peaks of getting frustrated and angry about, and then I'll, like, land again in the valley of... I
2: don't have any feelings anymore.
0: And it's just, it's this up-and-down feeling of, I really don't want Red Bull to have a second team. I also really don't think Red Bull is cheating to the extent that they're risking something by giving, like, so many secrets to the second team or something like that. Like, I'm not sitting here on this podcast saying, they're definitely doing something wrong. I just think it is bad for the sport that there's a team on the grid designed to not compete for the championship.
1: Yeah. You you calling it, um, Red Bull's billboard. billboard? Yeah. Perfect way of phrasing it.
0: And that's not something I made up. I've seen multiple people on social media refer to it that way. I just want to give credit. It's not a unique joke. Um, but it's one I will continue to use all season because the fact that Visa just wanted to sponsor Red Bull, but Red Bull already has a title sponsor, but they said, hey, go sponsor, title sponsor our second team. And they were like, okay, but can we also be on your car? There you go. That's the title sponsorship of Visa.
1: I wonder um, if Visa's mad that they're going if that the team is currently being called RB by commentators. That's a big change in, like, your name recognition.
0: Yeah. I mean... It all just, that that rollout was so bad. You need to tell people what to call your team and they'll call it that. But I just, so much of this, I guess my question to you, <laughs> now that now I, I just had to get my, my thoughts in order. Uh, do you think the FIA is actually going to put in regulations to do something about this? Um, do you think whether it's as small as just clarifying the rules or as large as making Red Bull, sell the team like where do you think i think enough other teams are making enough noise about this and the red bull junior car looks good enough that i think the noise level will increase uh what what do you think is going to be the outcome
1: i can see like a common like a very blanketed statement about you know we don't believe in this that what i like, kind of like not really saying anything like a lot of fluff words Um, And, you know, not exactly saying that they've looked into complaints and this, that, like not addressing it exactly and explicitly, but like saying that they did, I don't know the whole, you know, like factory locations, like that's such a big, like in your face, like that's the one part that's having me hold on to that. They would ever say something that, but I don't necessarily feel like whatever is stated will be efficient productive make any sort of difference
0: i was totally fine to live under this first land where it's like oh no they're definitely two separate entities they're even in two separate countries like i was able to like live under this delusion and get frustrated with the on-track reasons where it's like yeah everyone should hold up lewis hamilton because we, can, we have four cars so we can do that like but i was like so i was frustrated with that but i was fully okay living under the assumption that the teams themselves were actually making their cars completely separate, that it was like a Haas-Ferrari relationship where Haas was just buying all the parts they can from Ferrari, Red Bull Junior was just buying all the parts they can from Red Bull Senior. Like, I was okay living under that assumption. And then this offseason, they said, oh, well, we're actually now going to all share a factory. And knowing also that we found out this off season that the FIA warns teams when they're doing factory inspections, which means that I'm like, oh, well, now I can't even like sit there and live in like a Delulu land to myself pretending like this is not an issue. But yeah, if I was Zach Brown, I'd be really worried about this. <laughs> like this is. It too feels like
1: too yeah, close. Over
0: the It's over the line where I can pretend it's not happening. All right. This I feel like is where we should point at the sign. <laughs> the a Charlotte Claire sign that's like, it's testing. We don't know anything. So even though I don't know if any of these tech changes or different body work on the car is going to be any good, uh, I can at least point out to everyone listening and watching on YouTube, the interesting new pieces that we're seeing on certain cars that are worth paying attention to. It's going to be a couple races. It's going to be a little while. We're going to see the success of the team to see if any of these are good improvements or changes that team have Teams have made, but in since we are on year three of a regulation set, it's good to see teams still like making upgrades and changes and improvements and interesting things for us to zoom in on and photos and say, "Ooh, what did they do there?" So, the
2: magic
0: of One. If you're only listening on audio, definitely head over to YouTube. Because we'll probably do some like side-by-sides, and we'll throw out visuals of everything we're talking about. Um, Because guess what? I'm not an engineer or an aerodynamicist or anyone, so you're going to hear a lot of thingy bits connected to the thingy bits here. So I'm going to do the best I can with my explanations here. So the first thing you're going to hear a ton about is the side pod ducts. So these are the big holes when you're looking at the car straight on that are cooling ducts. And they're gonna be all different shapes and sizes. And the reason you're gonna hear a lot about them this year is because the Red Bull went super, super thin. And the best way I could describe theirs is it looks like a mail slot and is like thin as possible. You can only fit an envelope in there. And then also next to it, they went really thin, but vertical. So they have like two separate ducks. Um, so you're gonna hear a lot about sidebod ducks and how everyone made ducks that look like Red Bulls, RB19, and then Red Bull went, we're going really extreme and making our envelope uh, fitting tiny ones. The second thing you're gonna hear a lot about is that one of the things that's actually differentiating a lot of the teams on the grid right now is the width and connection point of their nose. I also love that so many things in a car are just like human things, but like we all know when I say nose. So (laughs) connection points, many teams on the grid are connecting their nose at the second winglet. And you'll see that there's, like, the first little winglet and then a little gap, and then the nose starts. And then the Red Bull last year, the RB19, connected at the second winglet. The Red Bull this year is connecting at the first winglet, after most teams went away from that this year. So, you know, (laughs) who knows? Who knows what any of this means, but it's stressful. It's different. Right? you're going to hear a lot about is one of the very few regulations changes made this year was that teams are now allowed to add another nose cooling slot higher up the nose. And this is because last year, like at the Qatar GP and the Singapore GP, like drivers were passing out and not getting enough airflow. And the solution to that is that teams can now add like another hole in the nose, essentially, to let air through for the drivers. Now, what do you think teams did? Of course, they're gonna allow holes through the drivers, and then they're also going to make these look different to achieve some kind of aerodynamic need, or at least create the least amount of loss. And again, everything is, how do we make the air do the funny, crazy things we want the air to do? And if you have a new tool, So basically, the regulations used to say this needs to be flat. And now it doesn't. It says you're allowed to have a hole in this space or you're allowed to do certain things in this box in the car, which means all these aerodynamicists have a new tool to play with. Um, I will point out notably that Mercedes, for example, has like a, a long, wider one. Uh, and then you can compare that to Red Bull that has like two little notches on theirs. A
1: little and like those Voldemort nosy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's kind of reptilian for sure. Um, So you'll you'll see, you'll probably see a lot of changes in that because it's like a new area that lots of teams are seeing what other teams did and how that works. The last like note here before we get into like three more dramatic things worth talking about in the tech space is that a lot of the teams this offseason invested in going into changing their rear suspension so mercedes aston martin and alpine all now have push rod rear suspensions which matches the red bull so a lot of people say that the genius of the red bull is in how their suspension works and the part of that was this push rod rear suspension Uh, mercedes actually redesigned its entire gearbox and aston martin is a mercedes team to be pushrod. So Aston Martin, I don't know if they would have made this change, but they definitely had to if they wanted to use this upgraded gearbox. Notably, Williams, the other Mercedes team on the grid, uh, didn't decided they didn't want to spend budget on updating their rear suspension from a pole to a push. So they're going to be using last year's gearbox spec for Mercedes all season. Um, so now we have three categories on the grid. We have the front pole push rear, and that is the two Red Bulls the Sauber, and the McLaren teams. And then you have the front push, back push, so the double push, and that is the Mercedes, the Aston, and the Alpine. And then you have the, what I call the opposite of the Red Bull, which is the front push and the rear pull, and that is Williams, Ferrari, and Haas. And I think Ferrari, in discussing this, decided that it wasn't worth it to make this change for... Essentially, what's the next two years before the regulations flipped out? So that's why they're like, yeah, we don't need to do that. Um, That was a lot of push-pull words, but uh, go over to YouTube. Look at the graphic that I definitely put up on the screen (laughs) if you want to know more. Um, All right. So then I think there are three tech topics that I want to throw your way, Nicole. The first one I'm calling is shoulders or no shoulders. So a big thing that a lot of people noticed from the Mercedes last year, Aston Martin had something, is what I call the shoulders. But essentially, it's like right above the driver's head. They had these big gullies where it literally looked like a hunch, like something was hunched hunched up. Um, And Mercedes car this year? has no shoulders. And guess what team came with really dramatic shoulders that look exactly like Mercedes of last year? Red Bull. So how does that make you
1: feel? That feels like Red Bull figured out something that everyone just wants. Like, Red Bull constantly, like, tries to do a thing or, like, does, and it's like, oh, someone else did it? Well, we're going to do it the right way. It's just, like, I just, it's one of those moments where I see, like, it's all the memes of Adrian Newey, like, walking around, like, I, can, I fix can fix him. Her. I can fix him. And it's kind of sometimes besides like terrifying to just see the dominance, like cool to see things work sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what weird magic that they're going to have all figured out there, but shoulders they're they're going with it. They know something that uh, Mercedes doesn't. And Parker is barking away here. about bark, bark. There he goes. He's so confused. He doesn't get it.
0: I, I feel all those same feelings, but then I also ha- came to the realization that it probably is just not that big of part of the performance of the car. Is the reality like i don't think this means like doom to mercedes and i also don't think it means like red bull's just poking fun at them i think it's oh, just Brianna, like... it
1: looks different but it's different it looks yeah. so different it's and mercedes did have it now they don't have it and then Red Bull right. did it now they do and it's so different
0: but it also like it is so frustrating it's like oh okay like the red bull basically took all the parts from all the other people's car last year that they liked and they put it into the RB20 with, I'm sure, all the good juice of the RB19. And everyone's going to have to watch like their innovations actually work on this car, because the reality is most of the juice is in the parts of the suspension we can't see and the floor. I was watching a video that Sam Collins did because he does great tech videos for the uh, F1 YouTube channel and on F1 TV. And he thinks that what Red Bull figured out with the Mercedes design, with the, the high shoulders from last year, is they figured out a way to do it with their engine and their gearbox, but they didn't need to move the driver so far forward to make it work. So something that Mercedes hated about their car last year is how far forward the driver had to sit, and that's because of all the stuff that needed to fit in the back. It seems like Red Bull is sitting in the same place in the car, but have this setup of the, the aerodynamic elements that Mercedes did. So if this does seem to really work out for Red Bull, he is making the assumption that that was the what they were able to figure out that Mercedes might not be able to do with their power unit. Um, and shout out to Sam Collins for explaining things in ways that make my brain understand them. I can take credit for none of the words that just came out of my mouth. Go check out his videos, please. All right, And the last two tech bits here are just... Um, the first one is everyone should pay attention to the fact that Ferrari has attached these little um, wings is what I'm calling them, to the ends of their halos. So it looks like at the end of the halo, there's a little like half moon piece, that's very oversimplification, that is coming out and then attaching to the chassis. Um, And they're the only team on the grid with this little moon on it. It also seems like an interesting piece because a big part of this regulation is that you're not allowed to put a lot of little winglets in all the different places, unlike the regulation set before. So I think it's interesting that they found a winglet option. We'll see if it works. And we'll see how many teams quickly adopt that if it does work. I'm sure they're all running it right now. Is Like all the engineers back at base are like, let's run that Ferrari winglet. What does it do? Does it work on our car?
1: What is that going to do for us? It definitely screams the, we looked through the regulations and this was a loophole where this can go here and it will do something. Can't
0: tell you what it would do. Can't tell you if it's going to work. But uh, I think with all of this, by the way, um, if other teams start adopting it and adding it to their cars, then we can make an assumption that it was a good find by a team. Uh, But all these cars work so intricately with each other that it also, like, if no other team adopts it, it could still be working great for Ferrari because of the way the Ferrari car is set up. But it's not going to work on any other. Like, it's... Variables! uh, Yeah. So the last one here is also we looked through the regulations and we found a thing we do need to talk about the mercedes front wing. so the way the regulations are written this is in human terms is that the front wing uh you all of your um like wing elements need to be completely connected from the end plate to the nose and this is because in Regulations pass, you would see all these front wings where you would just have all these things coming out of the end plate and then they would stop and they wouldn't make it all the way to the nose. And that was really great for your car, but it created a ton of dirty air for uh, people following you, which hurts uh, passing and following and all the things this regulation set was trying to improve upon the racing. Um, So one of the areas, it was like, you cannot create any of these winglets unless they touch the nose on your front wing. Mercedes said, okay. Okay. Well, we're going to create our fourth little, little flappy thing, and we're going to take this tiny, tiny, tiny piece of carbon fiber, and it's going to go from the end of the flappy thing and touch the nose. And so you'll see that if there's four flappy things and there's three flappy things and one little tiny string, and technically that achieves what the regulations say. And it's going to be interesting if so the, the caveat to all of this is that in order for the FIA to deem this illegal, they need to be able to rewrite the regulations in a way that makes this illegal to close the loophole. That's why we would get a technical directive. So I do believe that it is not something the FIA wants teams to be able to do, but can they rewrite the regulation to make it so that it is now illegal? So that's kind of probably what's going on behind the scenes right now. if. The FIA is not able to rewrite the regulation in a way that makes this illegal. I am sure we're going to see every single team on the grid upgrading their front wings as quickly as possible to bring this to the racetrack in the coming month or so. But we'll have to wait and see. Do you think there, you think Mercedes is going to get away with it? And is it actually going to help the car at all?
1: Uh, if we, I'm gonna answer this question backwards. If we start seeing it help the car, I do think we will see Mercedes be told they can't use it, and vice versa. (laughs) If it's like that's exactly what I. If we see it kind of maybe working, I don't. And and also to the point, it could be anything on the car that's making the car do whatever the car does. Um, but just for the way that things Mercedes goes, I think I think they will be a. A statement, I would be shocked if a statement were to come out allowing it. I just kind of am anticipating, nope, sorry, actually, this is not going to work and will have to be changed by XYZ date and other teams can't do that. Although it would be very interesting to suddenly, you know, start seeing the scramble to update. I'm
0: going to point to the sign real quick. It's just testing. We don't know anything. Okay, so some people are putting Mercedes in like the middle of the pack or like, well, clear below and Ferrari, McLaren, and Aston, and like based on testing performance and stuff. And again, sign we don't know. Okay, uh, I think if that's the case, everyone's gonna be like, "Yeah, keep your front wing. Like you're so slow. Whatever." Um, but yeah, it's- i say,
1: like, why? I don't. I, right now, I don't think there would be anyone, you know, rushing to be making that exact adaptation to think that oh, it's gonna make us drive just like the W15. Yeah, but no one's not really saying that right now. The, the but team, it's just testing. Look at the sign. Yeah. yeah. The team that
0: had the most innovative things last year on their car that so many people ended up adopting were Alpine. You know, So it's like it's so interesting that like all these teams could bring something random and innovative, and it might only help their car a little bit or a lot, but then you stick it on the Red Bull, and it's really helping the Red Bull. So it's like all of these things are packages that work together, and we don't really know or understand what's going on. But at least I gave you... You know, I hopefully gave you seven interesting things to help zoom in on the car about and seven things you can attribute or blame uh, your favorite team's performance to.
2: Hey, podcast listeners, Gossip Grid here, your guide to F1's Paddock Elites.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Gossip Grid. Everything you need to know about F1 and pop culture. I have been dying to say these words since the off season has kicked off. And now that it's kind of like wrapping up, <gasps> Paddock Fits are back. Paddock Fits are back. Oh my gosh. Paddock Fits are back. AKA Lewis Hamilton is rocking great outfits this weekend. So, this will be the first of many thank yous to Amazing Lou on Instagram for just curating every single thing that Lewis is wearing so we know. What designers he's rocking. Thank you. As always, you rock. If you're not following them, go give them a follow right now. Okay. So at the time of recording, we have two beautiful outfits that I can share with you. Uh, we have for day one, Wales Bonner set and endurance t-shirt, Jacques Marie Mage Walker sunnies and Timbaland boots. I love when Lewis wears Timbaland boots and they were like six inch platform boots. And like, he's a tall dude. He doesn't need platform boots. But i love that he went with them anyway but day two is the moment day two is the time day two is what the people are talking about the acne studio sweats but the Dries van Noten shirt are you serious it's the moment it's everything same sunglasses as the day before and this time to your sneakers lewis also attended the fashion and film party in london with tiffany and co where he was spotted hanging out with anna winter and cara delavine He's dressed in Valentino, looks like he was like in the Matrix. It's like such a sick, I love when he does like an all black ensemble, beautiful Tiffany Victoria earrings that I hope to own one day, and Louboutin boots. It appears that Alex Albon is teasing another sneaker drop. The AA23 Instagram account posted a pic on their story of Alex in an interview, and he's wearing a completely different style of the AA shoes that we have not seen before. On the Stake F1 team Instagram, Joe was ranking a bunch of off-season fits. Definitely go check that out. Even though I think that their race suits are a great paddock fit for this year, Joe looks great in neon green and black. Oscar was in a get ready with me for preseason testing on the McLaren Instagram account. And by get ready with me, it's literally him getting suited up for testing. They call it a get ready with me. So you know what? GRWM with Oscar. And now it's time, we can finally discuss Charlotte Tilbury and F1 Academy. The partnership that I will never get over, the perfect partnership that is just so unbelievably perfect that there's no other way to describe it than perfect.
0: This is a good opportunity to plug. We're gonna be doing an entire preview for the F1 Academy season where we go in-depth how much we love this partnership. And then we also give you a preview about who all the drivers are and who's supporting them and their history. So you can figure out who do you want to root for and support, but also Charlotte Tilbury. So like racing and this.
1: <laughs> ah, no, it's incredible. It's great. Uh, having more makeup involved in motorsports was on like our wishlist for 2024, hoping, you know, it to be more in the F1 space, but F1 Academy is pretty dang close. So Lola uh, Lola, Lofenfos, uh, French driver returning from her second season in F1 Academy. She will be driving the Charlotte Tilbury car operated by Rotor Motorsports. So this livery features the signature Charlotte Tilbury crimson, lots of rose gold. There's all these Charlotte Tilbury hot lips with these like different shades of lipstick. And it's just so, so perfect for Charlotte Tilbury livery. And it also has the... Um, Charlotte Tilbury's mantra of make up your destiny so perfect for a makeup line but this story like was rocking headlines everywhere is picked up by so many outlets that I would say don't necessarily normally cover motorsports because I wouldn't say that page six covers motorsports usually on the regular so page six yahoo news women's health sports business journal sports illustrated all talking about Charlotte Tilbury teaming up with F1. But Charlie Tilbury was not the only team up with F1 Academy this week. Puma announced that they are entering a partnership with F1 Academy. I'm expecting there to be merch. If there's not already merch, I'm just expecting you to give merch. So just make merch and act like you're doing it the entire time. Also, there's a specially designed livery for the 2024 season for Ferrari Academy driver Aurelia Nobels, who's also making her category debut this year. It's sick. It looks like it's like heat, movement, I, a beautiful, colorful, fantastic livery. If you haven't seen this, Google it right now or actually hop over to YouTube. It'll be on the screen. Charles Leclerc is entering his musician era. I love when drivers commit to their like off-track hobbies and really have passion projects for things that they're, you know, if they're not already talented enough on track, they find other things to do. So he last week released an EP called Dreamers with French pianist. Sofian Pamart, there's four songs. It charted on iTunes, which like those things can still happen in 2024. Made it to number two globally. Charles was also within the top 200 artists on Apple. And as we discussed earlier in this episode, I hope to see a Charles and Lewis Hamilton collab in 2025. Keep it going. McLaren. Has their official kit partner with Reese. Uh, They dropped this incredibly adorable clothing line drop, but wow, it's expensive. Uh, I really need this Sherpa quarter zip, but it's $330. And we're not even going to mention the $1,600 leather jacket. So like F1 teams, see this, take notes, do this. I'm willing to spend a lot on F1 merch, but not this much. Um, the new driver promos for the 2024 season are like an incredible vibe. We got the group photos this week and they're just so fun. They're screaming reality television. It reminded me immediately of every single Housewives of Anywhere on Bravo every single RuPaul's Drag Race promo, every Kardashian Christmas cards. And the set literally looks like they stole pieces of Out of the Box from Playhouse Disney. Pierre was the part of an advertisement for BWT Global for a water bottle, a pink water bottle. And the water bottle is more pink than the Alpine car. So go buy a pink water bottle to go with the car that is not pink. Drive to Survive Season 6 is live as you were listening to this. Watch it. It looks spicy. Interesting. Drive to Survive is still happening. What a time to be alive. And I'm going to... Now, on to potentially more interesting things than Drive to Survive and the last thing to wrap up this gossip grid, Carlos Signs made pancakes on TikTok. That was the entire video. He made pancakes and then at the end he told us that he doesn't like to put things on his pancakes and then he eats his pancakes dry. And I don't think I'd ever need to know any of that about Carlos Signs, but he felt the need to share that with the internet. And that's all I have for Gossip Grid this week. For everything you need to know about F1, pop culture, and the way that Carlos signs, has breakfast. And we'll catch you next time.
0: I love driver helmets. I like getting mad at driver helmets. I like when drivers make cool decisions with their helmets. I actually like ranking and get, I get more excited about the driver's helmet reveals than I do about the car delivery reveals.
1: I agree. I think uh, there's, I mean, we get a lot more creativity and a lot less carbon fiber, Um, you know, so it's It's opportunity for like really cool collabs, really cool ways for drivers to express themselves and to like really show off. And it's what we kind of are trying to encourage them to do everywhere. And helmets, they like have to, and they want to. And so it's a really good time for us to like rank them, just like we rank everything else. (laughs) Right.
0: So this normally in a podium, we only have our top three and maybe an honorable mention or two. And we both have come with a top five because there are 20 helmets and there's enough we liked that it was even difficult to pare it down to this. So, yes, yes, yes.
2: A bonus mention because Gridwalk struggles with self-editing.
1: That we do. Like five of 20. That's like... 25% girl math it's like it's a podium it's it's fine (laughs) yeah yeah Uh,
0: (laughs) so would you like to start with your p5 first and then i'll go second
1: yes i will uh start with my p5
2: a bonus mention because nicole couldn't pick
1: it's uh lando norris I respect his commitment to this neon yellow that he has, neon green, if you want to go that way. Um, it is a really sick black blobby thing and a cool use of the monster logo. Like, really cool placement. Like, it vibes really well. I always think Lando has sick helmets. So.
0: I can't say anything because I will say it later in my... <laughs> say it. Oh, yep. no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so...
2: A bonus mention because Brianna struggled to make a decision.
0: Joe Guanyu, I really love this helmet. It is only P five because I like ones above it more. But really, the only reason this ended up P five is watching it and testing. The like holographic strips are not bold enough, so I can't see them when he's driving. Like I can't wait for like a Singapore night race. I think it's going to be incredible. Um, I love 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 this helmet actually nothing on this podium I don't love so I just want to be very clear that I love all five of these helmets it just something had to be P5 it's an incredible helmet I know Nicole will have it higher up in her podium and <laughs> i will like, tell more you, words later Right. neither of us are going to comment on each other's choices because it's probably going to be very similar in different orders
2: a bonus mention because Gridwalk struggles with self editing
1: in P4, I have Mr. Daniel Ricardo. I got some Danny Rick merch on today. I, it's, he's committed to, so it's so low on my podium because, like, it's, he's committed to the same design, which, like, I think, he, I just think he can do more. I like when he leans into, like, the fun Danny Rick side of things. But it's a sick helmet. White flames look sick with the white race suits. All really, it, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, uh unfortunately you have the giant red bull logo which the helmet would look cooler if it wasn't there but like white flames it reminds me of like the white power ranger who like obviously was my favorite because like tommy oh my gosh um and that's how that's what you missed on glee thanks
0: It is always an achievement. This is not on my podium, so I can comment on it now. But it is always an achievement, in my opinion, when a Red Bull driver can make the Red Bull logo look good. Uh, Alex Albon's first year in the Williams, when he still had the Red Bull logo, is still my staple standard of that's not an ugly helmet, and it still has the giant Red Bull logo on it. Uh, And I do think that this is not an ugly helmet. And I love the Flames design. This got left off my podium solely because the color is so boring. And I just think there was opportunity there but i w- all, you didn't call it out and i want to call it out that the fact that he puts a little honey badger at the back of all his helmets and that like last year in austin it was like dressed up like a little football player <laughs> like i love what he does with the little honey badger so daniel ricardo because i love his base helmet i think he's always going to be a contender for like when he does special helmets this year i'm gonna like all of them i mm-hmm. just i was a little bored by the color choice but i get it i get it i get it it's such a good base helmet it's there for me it does it for me
2: a bonus mention because brianna struggled to make a decision
0: my p4 was lewis hamilton <laughs> so i love lewis's helmet and this year he Upgraded it to be like more purple than it's been the last couple years. And I love that. And I love that he puts the stars for his world championships on it. And I love the like little rainbow accents he always has and everything. Lewis is P4 because the three above it are better, in my opinion. And sometimes like it's the same thing with Daniel Ricciardo. Like sometimes when you have a staple helmet that is a baseline, it is a little like, yep, that's pretty similar to what I did last year and what I saw last year. And if I wanted to buy a Lewis Hamilton helmet, I don't know if this Lewis Hamilton helmet is going to be high up on that list versus some other years, but it's obviously still in my top five because I love this helmet. So I feel like I'm sounding really negative, but it's my fourth favorite helmet on the grid this year.
1: (laughs) I will say more words. um, When you actually- In P3. Lewis Hamilton. Um, Yeah. In my same vein, I think I'm starting to get the like, yeah, it's the same. What I love, that is they're more purple. Um, I mean, I love this helmet always. So like if you're taking this base helmet that I love and wanting to improve upon it, yay, purple. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, It's also making me think, what's going to look like next year? What's going to look like next year? Um, Which will just kind of be with a lot of the things i and lewis this year wow. is just kind of then looking at it from a like tofosi standpoint but it's an incredible helmet for all the reasons that you said um and that's why it's my p3
0: i'm wondering if i actually thought he was gonna go much more purple this year than he even ended up going because i think the neon yellow that he leans into is always gonna look great with the ferrari car but like yellow purple helmet in the red car like i wonder if he's gonna Go away from the purple next year. Now I have all these questions that have nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, and I'm just going to give you my P3.
1: As a podcast that utilizes purple and red a lot, um, I think he'll purple True. should be sticking around.
0: <laughs> True, but we don't use purple, red, and yellow. Like I don't know. True. I don't know. We'll right. see. In P3, Lando Norris. Uh, everything you said about Lando, um, I love the like organic little blobbies. I do love the sentiment that him and his sister, who does uh, horse stuff wow equestrian that's the word i was looking for this that's not something i'm an expert on we do a formula one racing podcast not a horse racing podcast horse stuff horse stuff yeah that's woo words are i'm great with those um i like that they both did like the same design this year um he also like in over the course of testing he originally was just going to around the like top of the helmet have the traditional like straight lines for like where they put the sponsors, and they updated that to also be blobby, and like I just I think it's bright, it's fun. I, I'm a fan.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's, it's it's a great color scheme. It's a great choice. NP two. Joe, Gwen, you. I love this helmet. I love this helmet so much. The color the it's, it's stunning. It's beautiful. I, I, I did not think that anything could possibly beat it when Joe first posted this and then other things happened, but oh my goodness. I also can't wait to see this in a night race, but wow. Joe made a great, great decision. This like skyline in the back. I love it so much. It's beautiful. Great pick.
0: So I'm about to tell you what my P2 is, but if you told, and I have a pretty good idea that we both have the same P1, and if you told me coming into this podium to guess where we differed, I should have known this. So in P2, Lance Stroll. <laughs> so no, of course, Nicole has Daniel Ricardo, and I have Lance Stroll, but you know what pushed me over the edge to put Lance Stroll this high up? It's sparkly. It has glitter in it. It's all green, and it has glitter in it, Nicole.
1: It does have glitter in it. Oh my gosh.
0: He is the only driver on the grid that gave us a season-round glitter sparkly helmet. I just thought he looked like the Green Goblin. (laughs) Which is also cool. I already liked the helmet. Actually, originally it was P5, and then I was watching preseason testing, and I was like, that's a sparkly helmet. Never mind. It's P2.
1: Wow, I give him credit for that. And yeah, I actually should have known that um, if we were going to differ, it was going to be with exactly like those, those two drivers.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we should rapid
1: fire Nicole in B1. Valtry Botez in B1 but thus It's a work of art. It's so beautiful. Oh my God. The Northern Lights. He was just posting on Instagram how he was watching the Northern Lights. It is. Wow. I want to buy one.
0: I don't think I'm being prisoner of the moment when I'm saying i Fully believe it's the most beautiful helmet I have ever seen on a race car driver. Period, and that includes one-off helmets, specialty helmets. I have never seen a more beautiful helmet than this helmet. It is wow, 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 wow.
1: And And I want to say version of this helmet like yesterday.
0: Yeah, his girlfriend, who's also a professional athlete, Tiffany Cromwell, she does all of his designs. And I, I'm sure she's also responsible for this one. So, like, round of applause to her because it is, oh,
1: it's so a work stunning. Of yeah. it it's, a little, it's got stars. I want a sparkly version of this one if so don't get bad. All glitter version, I will be
0: so sad.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All those night races, you know, that's what we oh expect. I mean, he, Valtteri's like really good about doing like special yeah. editions of helmets. Usually does like a whole complete different design, but this one's this is a sick design. So I definitely see some potential here with, like, special versions of this one.
0: i just say, of all the drivers, like, him and Lando both went so artistic in a way that I really appreciate. Like, every other helmet on the grid looks like a race car helmet, whereas Lando and Valtteri were like, I get that this is my year-round race helmet, but, like, I'm going to make something that looks beautiful and cool and fun, and it doesn't look like... They both look like helmets that normally a driver would do for a one-off race. And instead they're Mm -hmm. doing it for the full season. And I love that.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a great commitment. I also love that it's, Ways of leaning into different brands like Lando's is so very on brand for like every like with this color, for that everything he does, he does. Yeah. yeah. And then VB, like utilizing like the, the Northern Lights color, kind of like vibes with the steak, whole like green mm-hmm. thing. So, with the branding, there it all really works. It's oh, perfect. No notes, no notes except for give me a sparkly one.
0: Is there any other helmet that didn't end up on your top five that you want to mention? no um no.
1: I,
2: have,
0: I have one thing i want to say which is that Esteban Ocon including carbon fiber in his helmet design would be totally fine and normal under normal circumstances he just unfortunately drives with the team that i'm still mad at for their whole carbon fiber like livery thing so i felt triggered
1: <laughs> when, yeah when sd <laughs> When ranking liveries and eyes is like less carbon fiber, it's like they're technically still carbon fiber.
0: And then uh, I'm gonna throw out that under like under a normal year, I feel like Nico Hulkenberg would have ended up on at least one of our podiums because he does have a really fun liver uh, helmet this year. But I think it was just a stacked year for him. Yeah,
1: he probably was my P6. Like if we yeah, had same. to, because uh, oh look, wow, where the like, gridwalk is so bad with self-editing, we've expanded. I've, I've, I've given you my next one. I love again bright colors. It's a really fun. It's a good vibe. Um, also, Alex Albon did pink, but I just don't love that logo. So I was like, I can't pick the pink thing if I don't like. There anything.
0: was a there was a decent middle class this year where they did nothing wrong. But they weren't deserving of being on the podium and raved about. And then there's like all the Red Bull drivers. Like always. They're just... Mm -hmm. I... There. I don't know.
2: It's the final lap hitting every F1 garage. Get ready for this week's Yellow Sector Notes.
0: Well, the new season of Drive to Survive is here. And based on the episode outline, because when we're recording this we haven't seen any of the episodes yet, I'm really impressed that they managed to get 10 episodes, about 10 hours of content, in the most dominant season ever, without talking about the most dominant team pretty much at all. Except for, like, they talk about Red Bull Jr., but not really Red Bull Sr. Um, And I have never seen a better ad for Gridwalk before in my life, because guess what? We create weekly hour-long episodes talking about everything except any kind of dominance on track because F1 is interesting up and down the grid. So if you like the idea of interesting content that doesn't just harp on the fact that one team is really dominant, uh, you should stick around Gridwalk because we're the podcast for you. After that shameless self-promotion, let's move on. So there's still no update on the sexual assault investigation into Christian Horner. We're going to continue to hope that Red Bull, the Red Bull Corporation is taking this seriously and that the victim is safe and surrounded by support. This will continue to be the weekly yellow sector note for Red Bull until we have an answer. It is getting late now, Red Bull. We really, really hope you're taking this seriously. And this is me, hi, podcaster. Give us an answer and a conclusion soon. Don't stop dragging this out. All right. And there's no easy way to transition out of that. Except to tell you the Mercedes note, which is that Mercedes is going to be releasing a book. Ferrari had to send their floor back to the factory for repairs after day two of testing because they ran over a loose drain cover, which is, you know, not shocking, but weird that it's happened twice in just a couple months. McLaren has lost a little bit of runtime due to reliability issues, but nothing quite as bad as last year. Aston Martin uh, held a Drive to Survive screening for some of their fans, which I really think is a good, uh, fun Activation fan focused activation that they can do for something like this Alpine has announced they're doing a giveaway for a quote once in a lifetime crossover experience with one of their investors the boxer Anthony Joshua so it's good to see them start to do some integrations with some of their celebrity and other athlete investors. Williams really struggled with liability through testing just something to keep an eye on going into the regular season. Uh, we Oh, I spoiled my own yellow second note earlier. We now know that the Red Bull Jr. team will be referred to as RB from the F1 commentators, and since we know that RB stands for Red Bull, I believe this gives me full permission to keep calling them Red Bull Jr. on this podcast. Uh, steak is steak this week and not kick because some of the weeks steak will become kick because it's not allowed to be steak, and that's why it will be kick on those weekends, but this weekend is a steak weekend. Did I have to make that so complicated? No. Was it fun? Also, yes. Uh And last but not least, Kevin Magazine has announced that he's now a franchise owner of an Oakberry store, which you probably recognize because they are a sponsor of both Kevin himself and Haas as a whole. And that is the gridwalk for February 24th, 2024 completed.
1: How was my second time today, Nicole? Faster than the impending first technical director.
2: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Gridwalk. Thank you to our co-creators, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein. Thank you to our four-legged executive producers and me, VoiceOver man. Don't forget to subscribe, like the video, turn on auto-downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires for the next week's show. You can follow us on social media at GridwalkShow for daily content. We will be back to walk the Formula One grid every Thursday, and we will see you for the post-Gridwalk debrief in the comments.
1: Today felt like a grid double episode week. Go listen to both episodes. We give you two episodes this week and not your normal grid walk. See you back
0: Thursday.